Welcome to the ACS Memory Palace. I'm Ashley Salvaggio. Many thanks to Nate DeMeo of the podcast The Memory Palace for inspiration behind today's podcast. Nineteen ninety seven. Deep in the jungle of Washington State, homeless and mentally ill residents set up camp away from civilization. Torn up Walmart tents sit on the dirt and plastic trash on the floor of the dark backwoods. Fights and shootings are not uncommon in this unsettling campsite. However, when Mike Richardson, a homicide detective in Seattle, got a call about this specific case, he knew something was different. I suggest you as a listener be prepared to play detective, and maybe get out a piece of paper and your nicest pen. This is a story that will take you along the detective's journey, so it may get confusing at times. Here's who you need to know. Mike Richardson is the main detective on the case. Denise Harris is the victim. James Cooper is her boyfriend. Dwayne Lee Harris is the criminal helping support this case. Jason Rennie, a suspect. Daryl Smith, another suspect. A young woman placed on the harsh ground with night's clothes clearly not belonging to the jungle. Hands tied lightly and not together with shoelaces, used to strangle. A beer bottle hanging from the large tree above her. No wallet, no purse, no ID. Bystanders include ex-marines, druggies, and social rejects, all unwilling to talk to the cops because of their own sinister past. Denise Harris was a schoolteacher, death by strangulation, defense scratches from when she tried to escape. She was a beautiful, light-skinned woman in her mid-thirties and well-loved by her community for her kindness and commitment to her students. Why was she in the dangerous and unknown jungle? James Cooper, her boyfriend, and her mother's grieving is cut short when detectives come to question and look around. She was an amazing person, they say. Everyone loved her. In the fridge, the same bottle that was found at the crime scene. It is... was her favorite beer, they say. Mr. Cooper seemed too calm. I guess there's no right way to act when your loved one is murdered, but calm is not it. Jealous boyfriend is a great suspect for the homicide of a beautiful and well-respected lady. James Cooper is made suspect number one. Richardson flips through the tip notes on his desk from criminals trying to catch a deal. Useless. Until one. There was a beer can hanging from the tree the note read. One can imagine him pausing in shock, looking at his crime board filled with the pictures from the gruesome scene where Denise was found, and then back at the note. How did this criminal know such a specific detail about the case? Dwayne Lee Harris, facing charges for robbery, wants to cut a deal. He claims he knows exactly who murdered Denise Harris. He was there. He only went to jail the day after the killing took place. It is important for detectives to stay sharp during these types of deals with criminals, but due to the loose shoelaces that couldn't even contain a squirrel, the detectives predict they are dealing with a serial killer, 
predicting shoelaces might be his signature move to mark his prize of strangling another victim. Richardson fears more loose shoelaces cases are not far behind this one. They had to act fast. The detectives needed answers, but they couldn't let Dwayne call the shots. They needed to ponder what kind of deal they could afford to make with this criminal. Jason Runney, a new suspect name that came to the police's attention. Not yet from Dwayne, but from James Cooper, jealous boyfriend, suspect number one. He opens up to police about another man in Denise's life, her other lover, Jason Runney. I'll step back and let you examine the information so far, to question whether Mr. Cooper just hurt or helped himself. Running away. Usually not the best tactic when you see the police coming your way. Yet it was the path Mr. Rennie decided to take. However, he later passed the polygraph. So maybe he was guilty of something, but it wasn't killing Denise Harris. James Cooper's alibi checked out. He was in the clear too. Both of Denise's lovers were not her killer. We can cross them off our list using our nicest pens. It was time to go back to talk to Dwayne, the strangely helpful criminal. A cappuccino was his first price, but he really wanted out of his two-year sentence. Dwayne Lee Harris wanted to be in control. He was holding most of the cards, after all. He would dangle the information of the location of Denise's purse and, of course, the name of the murderer in the detectives' faces. He was so creepy yet convincing that Mike Richardson gave Dwayne a handcuffed car ride to the supposed location of the purse. Dwayne enjoyed the taste of freedom and conversation. The detectives, however, were less impressed, worried bringing a criminal into the jungle would spark trouble. You better not be playing us, they warned. Try anything and we shoot. They found the purse, off a cliff in the leaf-filled jungle. Dwayne knew about the beer can. He knew about the whereabouts of the purse, information you would expect only the murderer to know. But why would the killer call the cops on himself? Sure enough, another body turns up. Same. In the jungle. Nice clothes. Colored woman, mid-thirties, strangled. It wasn't Dwayne. Emotions ran high on this case for everyone involved. Richardson explains the chills you get from having to rely on a disturbing criminal to keep your case going, especially when it involves getting him a get-out-of-jail-free card. The DGA agreed. One name and Dwayne Lee Harris is off the hook. Daryl Smith, he said, an ex-Marine with a thunderbolt tattoo on his neck. Dwayne explains his chilling game of picking up girls at the bar, drunk and naive the perfect kill that he knew all too well. He knew it as well as he knew the location of the purse. As Richardson and his partner follow the lead through the jungle and to the nearby bars asking questions to bartenders, like a movie, a girl named Angela overhears their questions and gets up the courage to tell her horrific story filled with loose shoelaces and running for her life from a guy she met at the bar. As she was taking her last breaths, 
a homeless guy approached and spooked the killer. Angela escaped. As Detective Richardson slowly flips through pictures of suspects, she does not stop him at Daryl Smith. Angela identifies Dwayne Lee Harris as the perpetrator that she got away from just in time. Daryl Smith was actually identified to be the homeless guy that accidentally saved her life. Dwayne thought he was slick, he thought he was playing the cops, but in reality they were playing him. You might be wondering about the other pretty light-skinned woman that was murdered while Dwayne was in custody, but there were no shoelaces. Mike Richardson wasn't experienced enough in his 20 years of work to know that it was him who killed Denise Harris, but he needed proof. Dwayne Lee Harris gave the detectives his DNA, the cappuccino. He gave them the location of the evidence. He gave them the bar that led them to his escaped victim. Ultimately, Dwayne gave himself life in prison to get out of a two-year robbery charge. Mike Richardson, even after his 20 years as a detective, talks about being permanently changed from this case, working alongside true evil. The despicable man later told his stories of his game with pride and detail. The confession wasn't hard to get, but it was hard to hear, bringing them from the small wooden bar to the dark woods floor. No one can hear them scream in the jungle.